In order to triumph, you will need to overcome the painful hurdles along the way. Only through failure will you find success. Dale, are you practicing for a TED Talk? Are you predicting my future? Uh, what is this? Henry, first of all, thank you. The fact that you thought that I was going to be practicing for a TED Talk, no one has ever said that to me. So I just want to kind of, you know, gloat in that a little bit. But actually, I'm foreshadowing this week's episode where we talk about everything Souls games and dive into the new Elden Ring. Oh, my gosh. What an exciting topic for this week's episode of Easy Mode. That's your host, Delay Dale, who praises the sun and loves to have fun. And that's Henry K. If the boss doesn't kill you, his side eye will. <gasps> that's true. And then you'll have to come fight me over and over again until you defeat yeah, me. Yeah, honestly, I will. It's a little bit of a kind of segue. Your side eye is quite cold. I get that a lot. Someone said <laughs> I was scary last week and I was like, good. Sorry uh, to my coworkers. Next boss, you know, a bo- <laughs> like a game will be created and you'll be the final boss. Side I'm, eye <laughs> I'm the final boss of office management. <laughs> uh, so, Henry, like, how's your week been? What games have you been playing? Talk to me. Oh, my God. My week's been hectic. I'm so burnt out, but I'm Mm -hmm. so glad to be doing this episode. It brings me a lot of joy. Um, You know, work's been exhausting. Life's been exhausting, but we're here. Mm -hmm. We're doing this, and it's a lot of fun. Um, I have been gaming a lot this week, too. Um, Mm -hmm. Probably another contributing factor to my exhaustion. Um, (laughs) But I actually have been playing Elden Ring, which is what we're talking about this Mm -hmm. week. So I'm excited to get into that. What have you been having going Uh, on? Having? (laughs) For dinner? For dinner. (laughs) This is now an eating podcast. So um, I will agree with you in the fact that like I too had a very stressful week, but like looking forward every week to these uh, weekly podcasts that we film together, it's always the highlight of my week. So thank you for, you know, bringing some positivity in my life and not a revenue test and then yell at me. But that's (laughs) besides the point. I wanted to dive into a game that I absolutely love. It's called Enter the Gungeon. It's a (gasps) bullet hell roguelike. Do you play roguelikes or any kind of like bullet hell, anything like that? Um, I know what game you're talking about, and I've actually always wanted to play Into the Gudgeon, but I love a roguelike. It is co-op, too, and oh my god, it's one of those games similar to this, where if you die, start from the very beginning. So it's not yeah, like it a soul a game, but you start you start right there, the beginning. I'm like, oh my god, how many times have I died? I have beaten the past of all the four main characters, so I will say yes. that. I, I'm quite, I'm, that game is where I get sweaty, and I, if you're looking at me right now in the YouTube video, sweat. I will say I gotta you, have a man on. <laughs> you love a challenge. You love when someone says you can't someone or a video game says you can't do something, you're like, fuck that. Can I say that on this show? You are beep that. You will take the challenge head on until you beat week. it. We've sworn every week. I don't remember. <laughs> it's just the intro. It's a fresh start. <laughs> I love it. No, but you're exactly you're actually right. And I think that competitiveness comes from when my brother and I would play DDR because I always had to win. And I've actually never lost, so flex again. <laughs> <laughs> take that, Dale's brother. We're dragging you on this podcast right now. (laughs) I do want to immediately dive into this because I have seen your little Discord setting say, Elden Ring, do not disturb. Elden Ring, do not disturb. And as somebody who's actually never played, I want to hear your experience and kind of talk about other people's experiences, talk about the game, the background, all these Souls games. I just want to jump into it. How do you, what do you think about that? Let's praise the sun and jump right in, Dale. That's a reference <laughs> to the, the game. Praise the sun. Because you don't, I'm sure you don't know. But let's jump oh, right in. that's a reference to the game? Oh, I just learned. Wow. <laughs> so, Henry, have you heard of the company From Software? Uh, duh. 
Well, to anyone who's listening, if you've never heard about it, let me just read you a little blurb that I have prepared for all of you. So From Software is a Japanese video game development company. It was founded in November 1986. The company is best known for their Armored Core and Soul series, including the related games Bloodborne, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, and the very popular game right now, Elden Ring, which, Henry, you are playing right now, and I want to hear all about your experience later on. Um, but Dark Souls 3 was their best-selling series, and it has sold over 27 million copies, which, okay, crazy, because when I was, like, reading this, I'm like, wait a second, they did all that? I, for whatever reason, did not think that this company had done all of those games. I know, <laughs> it's so a uneducated. lot. It's uh, a lot. Yes. Uh, from my experience, like, from software, I'm like, I only ever knew Dark Souls really was the defining point in their, like, um, game development career, or... Mm-hmm. But that their career is actually so so long since 1986. It's been a long time. Um, mm. But they sort of put Dark Souls and this sort of new Soul style genre of games um, on the map, and that's been a very exciting. What an incredible accomplishment for them! Um, it, their games that they're most popular for are very contrasting, and I think it's so funny. A lot of the games are that sort of RPG. Um, Dark Souls vein, so it's sort of like exploratory RPG adventure, mm-hmm. often first mm-hmm. person, sometimes third person game. But then their most successful series, which you mentioned, Dale, was Armored Core, and that was sort of the opposite in that it wasn't like oh, like Kingdom Quest sort of style. This was like a mecha robot style game. So very, very contrasting, mm-hmm. but both very successful for the industry um, for from software. Um, but I thought it was cool how different those games are. It's very, very different yeah, style. Yeah, totally different. And I can tell you right now, I have not played any of the games that I have talked about. To be honest with you, I am not a very strong gamer. I think it's very evident that I am not a professional gamer. <laughs> Despite the fact that I may appear to be super high in rank, I tend to struggle sometimes even on the tutorial. So I'm not so sure these games would really be good for me. Listen, I died twice in the tutorial of Elden Ring um, to an enemy. <laughs> I actually died a few times before that because I couldn't remember the controls. and I couldn't get the controls right. My fingers were pressing the wrong buttons. And I threw myself off a cliff twice. <laughs> I've um, seen so many videos of people doing that online. It's like you get so almost to the very peak and then you fall. You got to start from the beginning. You, uh, yeah, Crazy. Like one mistake can really cost you a lot your life, much like in real life. But mm-hmm. um, it happens a lot more often in Souls games. Um, mm-hmm. So like I mentioned, Dale, Souls games and Souls style games are like a genre that's recently taken that name inspired by the Dark Souls, uh, Blood Souls Elden Ring series. Now this whole mm-hmm. um, community of games that from software put on the map. Um, so we have a lot of new games coming that are sort of being categorized under that, but mm-hmm. the Souls game style games um, have a long, long history. Um, whether it's Monster Hunter is a big inspiration for Souls style games, um, a few other major games that we heard of, but the history of Souls style games and how these games work and function can be traced back to like 1978. Um, so the games are long, long inspired from their predecessors, much as a lot of things are, um, and it just has been refined and have now hit a point of popularity and success where um, Dark Souls is sort of taking the credit, but I'm sure From Software knows that that has come way before them and that style and that genre and those mechanics have um, always been there. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how they made their whole identity and their brand. Yes. uh, Which is super cool. It's really cool that, like, a company has really stuck to their, like, core mission for every single game. Like, they are just known for something, and they just do it. And I think that's actually really cool. Because, I mean, it works, right? Yeah. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Continue. (laughs) So, what Souls-like games 
they all generally have in common are they're very difficult. They're high risk combat. So all the challenges, all the enemies are going to be hard, difficult. Um, there's not going to be a lot of saving features, pausing features. And then um, the only reward, the way to like gain reward is to actually defeat your enemies. And that sort of is the payoff, the risk. Um, that is the big mechanic of the feature. Also, there's a lot of upgrading. There's some level of grinding. And then, of course, things like health and um, any resource replenishment is like rare and hard to come by. So um, mm-hmm. the stakes are high in any Souls-like games. And those sort of things have, can be applied to a lot of different games. And they have been. There's actually a few popular games um, mm-hmm. already that take Souls-like elements. Um, and maybe we don't notice it. We don't think about it. But um, there are quite a few. Yeah, some of them um, are The Witcher 2 and 3. That's a very, very large franchise that does borrow a lot of those elements. Um, Shovel Knight. Um, Destiny, which is a big grinding series. Um, mm-hmm. Hollow Knight, the 2017 release of Hollow Knight. Oh, I uh, love that game. I didn't know that that was in the category. Okay, I guess I have played games. Maybe like you're that. an expert and professional maybe. of Soul, uh, Souls I, games, I Dale. love Hollow Knight. I'm actually pretty good at it. Continue. Uh, well, there you go. But, I mean, would you say that game is like high risk, high reward? That is that sort yeah, of Yeah, the challenge? first time I did start playing it, I was like, I'm surprised this game is not as easy as I thought because it's so cute, right? Yes. And then I'm just playing it. Why am I dying? What do you mean I can't say? What do you mean I got to start from where I was? Like, I was not expecting all of this. Yes. And Hollow Knight's example, there's a few other games that I don't remember off the top of my head right now that do take that, are taking that art form variation to a Souls-like game, which is kind of fun. Mm -hmm. It's sort of, you know, it it presents as cute, inviting, um, Mm -hmm. like the art is very Mm -hmm. warm and friendly, but then the challenge is difficult and you're like, oh no. Um, Yeah. And then another one is also a very popular game, God of War. There's a lot of those elements really? that are Souls-like combined into a lot of these games that we are playing and are getting more and more popular today. Uh, gamers are growing up, and I think a lot of gamers are wanting a challenge. So as we mm-hmm. mentioned, like that sort of gaming age extension is getting bigger and bigger. Um, we want things that are harder and harder. And I think maybe like- this is sorry. Continue. No, go ahead. I was going to say, maybe this is the new category of like sweaty gamers. Because we always talk about sweaty gamers are just FPS. What if it's actually these games? This is where sweaty gaming actually comes into play. Because one false move, one one misstep, and oh my God, yeah. you're off the cliff with Henry. Yes. <laughs> That's what that is there. And, wow, okay. And then like even going on on difficulty, you know, people are wanting difficulty in a lot of our like youth franchises. I would say the most recent being Pokemon. Everyone wants it to be more difficult. Everyone wants it to be more challenging, more grinding, and even like maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. I haven't played it. So like, I don't have enough expertise in the game, but Pokemon Arceus mm-hmm. does have that sort of like, you know, your trainer can sort of die when hunting for Pokemon uh, or trying to get like the mm-hmm. most difficult one, the alpha one. There's a lot of mm-hmm. grinding of like capturing them for reward. Um, there's sort of that like risk payoff in there. So is Pokemon Arceus kind of souls like, I don't know. Let us know what um, you think. Yeah, maybe I kind of agree with that sentiment of making some games a little bit more challenging. You ever just like get a game and it's like you breeze through and you're like, wow, that was it. Like, mm-hmm. I almost wish it was a little bit longer of an experience. Yeah. Um, but with these type of games, so just like coming back to the game that I have played so I can talk about it. When I was playing Hollow Knight, I, because I kept dying so much and you have to like go back and find your ghost, like your spirit. Mm-hmm. It almost I felt so accomplished after I would like beat something that was just causing me so much like why can't I pass why can't I pass so I like that like overcoming these hardships however I wouldn't say Hollow Knight is as difficult as like Elden Ring or Dark Souls I think it's like a good intro (laughs) especially because of how cute the music and everything uh so maybe I'll try it out and see how much I like dying over and over again (laughs) I mean that that element you described of having to go back and get your soul 
that's the mm-hmm. Souls game element. I'm sure that is in the game besides the difficulty. Is that is you yeah. find that in Dark Souls, you find that Elder Ring, Bloodborne, when you die, like your currency or whatever it is stays there, so you have to go back and get it. Which is yeah, a pain because that means you died at a difficult spot, so you have to face it again. You have to face it again. But this time you got less. It's it's, it's a lot. Uh, so, Henry, we know that Elden Ring is super popular right now, and I figured we could talk about it a little bit. Miyazaki is a Japanese video game director, designer, writer, and the executive of From Software. Woo! So, I was reading about some interviews with him because you know how the game is super popular. Yeah. He stated in an interview that all of the From Software uh the games, they must always serve the player experience. The story must always serve the player experience. And so with this new game, Elden Ring, he actually collaborated with George R.R. R. Martin. And it turns out that Martin was a huge fan of the games, which I was like, wait, hold on a second. Don't you have to finish the Game of Thrones series? <laughs> that's what everyone like, was saying on <laughs> Twitter. Like, They're like, sir, that's great that you did this, but please get back and write in the book. Yeah, like, I'm sorry, what, where's that? Um, <laughs> most distracted man in the world. <laughs> so, uh, Basically, Martin, he wrote the game's backstory. He provided text about the setting, the characters, and the mythology. Like, that's so cool. And what's even cooler is that when they were meeting, um, he thought that the language barrier would be difficult because he's a lot older than mm-hmm. George. But it turns out that over time, as they were meeting in hotels and each other's places, they actually established a friendship. And it's like, that's very okay, sweet. I love that. That's really cool. Um, I mean, gaming brings people together. Storytelling brings people together, especially like the stories that we get in Elden Ring or the Souls games. They're brought to us very differently, uh, Mm -hmm. but they're very rich and deep, which I enjoy. I like that, too. Yeah. So um, to get more into it, the work um, this game has become a lot of success and a lot of people really, really praising it. There are some critiques, of course, and we'll get to those at the end of the episode. But um, a lot of people praising it and it has to do a lot with how many years were put into this game. Uh, development began in early 2017, which that's some time back now, and they were develop- developing that along uh, Sekiro Shadows Dies Twice. Um, wow. Yes, so Elden Ring is a lot of, has a lot of common traits with a lot of other solo games. You get to make your own character um, as opposed mm-hmm. to a frick- fixed protagonist, as you know. Um, different mm-hmm. ways to make a main character, if you haven't listened to yeah, episode one. Episode one, yeah. <laughs> plugging in our own <laughs> show here. Um, and, uh, they felt like Elden Ring was like a, the natural evolution of what came after like Dark Souls 3 for like the franchise or the gaming style for the company, um, Mm -hmm. as opposed to like the more linear or people say corridor, um, aspects Mm -hmm. of Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3, um, Elden Ring is a completely open world game with a new mechanics, um, such horseback riding, which everyone loves, who doesn't like riding a horse very, um, (laughs) Breath of the Wild style horse gonna, riding everywhere. This is a little bit, before you finish what you're going to say, I want to ask you, what was the first game you played in which you had to ride a horse? Uh, Ocarina. Uh, Legends of oh, Ocarina. Oh, me too. Yeah. Ocarina of Time, the Apoda. Okay, so okay, we had the same memory. It was the best song. <laughs> I love it. It was the best song. <laughs> um, but yes, this is a very open world game. Um, and it does stray from this whole series because it doesn't have a like, populated towns or like big big centers where you converse with a mm-hmm. lot of npcs this is very very large and when i tell you this game is large it's wildly large i think it's one of the biggest games i've ever seen or played like i almost can't wrap my head around it and mm-hmm. um i mean i've done so little but that's just what i was seeing on social media it's wildly mm-hmm. large um i will say that low my friends sorry i will say that though not low my uh, <laughs> my friends who have been playing elden ring and i see their tweets they love the open world aspect of it and they love how it's just like you can do whatever it's all about the exploration but they also wish that more games would go in towards this more like open world um kind of like dynamic 
which I think is kind of cool because I find open world to be quite daunting because I am always like, wait, you mean limitless? Like I can just yeah. do whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> but there's a huge demand for it. Like as much as people are like, oh, like negatively about Elden Ring, there's tons of people are like, hell yeah, this is the way that game should be going. Move yes. towards this direction because we love it. So I, I love to see that. I love an open world game. And Dale, I think you're touching on the exact point why I feel that Elden Ring's, well, not just me, a lot of people feel Elden Ring mm-hmm. is a lot more playable and accessible than the Soul series, is that mm-hmm. element of exploration and that freedom to go around and do whatever you want. You do have that technically in those one, two, three Bloodborne Souls games. Um, mm-hmm. But it, the world is smaller, it's tighter, it's more compact. So you really, the, you know, the places where you can grind, the places you can explore, it's a very limited area and it's a lot more difficult. So you're just facing those harder challenges over and over and over as opposed to having that freedom of exploring and facing those challenges when you're ready or being yeah. able to see those challenges in the distance. Um, mm. And you, that's what uh, sort of the From Software determined would be like a great influence for the game and making them more accessible is that sort of they, they said like the design and the freedom to play how you wanted. And I think for mm-hmm. the first time in the series, Elden Ring is becoming open to a lot more gamers like you and I and a lot more people. And they're able to be part of the franchise and the story and a part of the community. Um, mm-hmm. It is controversial. and We'll touch on that later. But I think it's also fantastic that more people get to join. And I think From Software did this very purposefully. Um, and I'm mm-hmm. excited for them because they knew their game was going to be great. So, I mean, the more people that play it, the more people that buy it. Basic uh-huh. capitalism. But also, <laughs> it's good marketing uh, too. great for the gaming community, I believe. So to anyone who's, anyone who's listening right now and you're like, what is Elden Ring all about? Let me just tell you the backstory of it. The backstory of the game sees the vast lands between ruled by Marika. Wait, hold up a second. What? No, let's start. <laughs> One more time. Again. Bring it back now, y'all. Start that again. Start it again. So the vast lands are ruled by Queen Marika. Marika, I apologize, girl. I got your name wrong. With various demigod servants, <laughs> all loyal to her undisputed rule. However, the shattering of the Elden Ring through the fantasy setting into chaos. And as the power-hungry demigods begin collecting the pieces in an attempt to take control of the land. So this is basically like modern-day politics. You know, everyone's just like fighting to secure everything. And you're that hero. You got to go get everything. Um, Maybe it's not totally modern-day, but, you know, let's get a little bit of inspiration from that. <laughs> I got to tell you, I'm so glad you told me that because I have, I think, about like, you know, I'm almost at 20 hours in the game. I don't know, 10, 50, somewhere between 10 and 20 hours in the game. Never heard of any of these people in this in this brief. I was like, the lands will, ruled where? I was like, the demigods. The the thing is, a lot of people who play this game, they don't even play for the story. And I'm like, they okay, don't. well, you know, some people want to just for the story. And yes. I like we said earlier, um, uh, Miyakazi, his whole like even like all of uh, from software, their whole thing is that the story drives the game. It has to be part of the experience. So yes. that's what they kept in mind. But some people are like. Now, babes, I'm about to go and like speed run or just like fight. So people yeah. play it their own way. And I really like how much they put into the story. Like the fact that they started work in this in 2017. That was five years ago. Yeah. That is crazy. That just shows how much like they like the quality in which they put in like the work and yeah. also the the product, you know, like it's not like oh, just like it's a year of work. Like, no, this is five years. And like the reception shows that the quality and time that they took in. It's, it's like paying off. It's so successful. And it's honestly, tr- power, props to them. It's true, Dale. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. The quality is out of this world. The storytelling, the character design, and in the open world setting, unlike any other game I've played so far, it's, you do not feel that it's empty. Like, 
I have to watch out for something around every freaking corner because there probably will be something around every freaking corner. I don't feel like the landscape looks repetitive at all. I don't feel like the enemies are repetitive. Every encounter is a variant of some kind where the scenario is different and really makes you think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just beyond impressive. But I do have to say the amount of hours. So I did not play. I played Dark Souls 1, did not play 2 and 3 or Bloodborne. But mm-hmm. I've spent more hours watching YouTube videos about the lore of 1, 2, 3, and Bloodborne than I have actually playing the games. Because, <laughs> as you said, the lore is so rich. There was a it's great YouTuber. So His name started with the V. I don't remember the exact channel. I'll link it in the episode. But he gave you the breakdown, deep dive into every boss, into every city area. Like, history. He's giving you wow. history. He's giving you, like what their family drama was like their connections to every other character and past games future games kind of thing the lore is great so i think if people who are aren't like getting their like part of it in the lore you're really missing Mm -hmm. out because i loved it you know what's actually kind of cool kind of tying into what you just said video essays about games love them in which like because I miss a lot of the story, so I go back and I'm like, oh, that's what happened, you know? Because sometimes when you're focusing too much on, like, what you got to do and not, like, overall the story, I love them. I always, after I complete a game and I go, I'm like, what did I miss? And I missed a lot, so I, too, am like you, but I've not played any of the games, nor <laughs> do I have 20 hours in Elden Ring. I don't even own it yet, but I eventually, I think I I do think you would enjoy it. it. I think it would be a great game for you to stream, and I think, I mean, it's a lot of fun. It's it's accessible, and you take it at your own pace, so really screw everyone okay. else. Look at that. I know. Well, I think we have taken, you know, a good good deep dive into this. Let's take a quick five and then jump into, you know, a little bit more controversy. Oh, I'm excited for this, Dale. Henry, I want to ask you something. Do you think that games are really for everyone? Controversial take. I think they should be. Yeah, so the reason I ask this is because these games created by from software are actually not designed for everyone because the games um th- let me just let me tell you this fun fact that i was like squeezed so <laughs> elden ring was designed to reduce player stress without reducing enemy difficulty mm-hmm. i feel like that does the opposite for me because i will just continually get more stressed you know <laughs> um so yeah the game is not for everybody the games rely on patience Failure and hard-earned precision. So these are the kind of games that you can't actually button mash. Um, and then they also talk about, like, they're not, uh, like, uh, accessible for, like, certain physical capabilities. Like, the yeah. games require just, like, you need to be, like, just, like, the prime individual that the game was designed for. So that does not kind of sit super well with me and a lot of other people. Because I think that game should be enjoyed by everyone. However, like, it is their mission. Uh, so he... Uh, Miyazaki, he said that making difficult games is their identity. Yep. He sees death as a feature, not a bug. And it's not something that they want to abandon in the future because it's like their identity. In this interview that I read of, by him, he just kept saying identity, identity. I feel like he might be having a bit of an identity crisis, <laughs> but <laughs> I, you know, I kind of see where he's coming from. However, it is 2022 and I feel like we've come such a long ways in terms of making things more accessible for everybody or like an, an experience that everyone can kind of come together with. Um, I will say that he does feel apologetic for anybody who feels like there's too much to overcome in the games. But the main thing is that he wants as many players as possible to experience that joy that like uh, you get from overcoming hardship. So like earlier when I was like, I've done this so many times and I feel so good after. Yeah, I feel good. But also I was suffering. So it's yeah. like, was it really good? You know, I totally uh, there get is, that. I totally. Yeah. 
There's one thing that I thought was actually kind of interesting. So I have not played Elden Ring, but tell me if you have seen this, Henry. So if you're connected to the internet, have you seen ghostly outlines of other players like occasionally flash on the screen? Yeah, they have, have two different features. One is like a like a white figure of a character, like the outline of whatever character is. You'll see them mm-hmm. doing something and you're like, oh, what's going on? Honestly, they just confuse me because I don't know what they're doing because I'm just as lost. And then sometimes I think they're enemies and I start to panic because while you're fighting something, sometimes they'll appear next to you or like because it'll like recreate um, this other player having the battle, the same battle mm-hmm. you were. But sometimes that animation will start while you're doing it. And you're like, ah, like, uh, you're like yeah, someone's I rolling totally into me right that would now. Scare. Yeah. <laughs> and then they have uh, blood stains, which is a feature that lets you see that how other players died. It doesn't show the enemy, but it just kind of just shows the route. And when you see a lot of blood stains, you're like, oh, a lot of people are dying in this specific area. Oh, so that's unless you kind of so see. Cool. Um, and there is a great um, mm-hmm. also communication method in the game where, I mean, unfortunately, it's a lot of memes and jokes half the time. Um, some very good jokes. I do enjoy them. But you can write messages on the floor for players to read. Um, oh. that you, you can give warnings. You can be like, oh, there's a hidden message here. Um, you can be like, look right. Usually they're the like community and like the verbiage behind those are very like um, vague because they want the players to have that same experience so they're like careful on right like they'll get but that'll be it then they're not going to be like oh a giant boulder is about to roll out and like roll you down this hill and so you're going to die but it'll be like look right like that's it but then some people do like look left and they'll try to throw you off and something gets you from the right oh, damn. um which is wow. so rude but i get it i understand I mean- um what what the reason I brought that up is because it's like suggesting that the hardships that you're facing are a shared experience. So it's like you're not really going through this alone. And I think it's really cool that the game has that in there. Yes. Uh, those bloodstains that you talked about, a little bit concerning because I feel like I would be the one leading the bloodstains. I, I am the bloodstains other people are saying. I was, you see those 10 bloodstains, those were all me. And yes, it, yeah. it is just a very simple enemy, but I don't know how to use a sword. So what are we going to do? <laughs> I don't know anything. Again, um, one brain cell and two between two us. Two between us. Um, <laughs> so here's how I feel about that sentiment. I respect it. I respect the mission. And I like understand that sort of setting. Uh, sentiment on wanting to overcome mm-hmm. hardship. However, it is a very different perspective for a lot of people. Um, a lot of people don't get to. It is a privilege to choose hardship yeah. in life. Um, and that applies, I think, to gaming as well. Um, if your life is like riddled with hardships that are difficult to overcome and, you know, you can't escape and you don't have the option to, sometimes you just want to enjoy video games, which you shouldn't mm-hmm. have to choose it to be more difficult. However, I respect mm-hmm. the mission statement. At the end of the day, he's going to keep doing whatever we want, whatever he wants. I don't think mm-hmm. from software is ever going to change that because they see the success and they see mm-hmm. the um, value and the respect they get as a company. And I can respect mm-hmm. that. However, I do enjoy the games. I do enjoy the story so much that I would love to share with that with other people who are mm-hmm. like me. But I have so many friends who don't play the games. So I really don't have a lot of people to share share that with. And then mm-hmm. like a lot of gaming communities right now um, for varying different games, um, communities can be very toxic. Um, they have a lot, a lot of great, amazing things. Like you said, you share in the defeat. You share in the yeah. accomplishment with those people. Uh, but in that same breath, when people are maybe frustrated or express critique based on something they can't accomplish, um, I'm not going to touch on accessibility or anything on that aspect right now. We're just going to talk about difficulty. But unfortunately, the Dark Souls community has this get good mentality. It is sort of like 
um, you can't beat it. You got to get good. We're not going to help you. Or, you know, should it be made easier for you? You're the problem. And that's really it. I mean, I hate to say it, but that is the sentiment. I've read it online when preparing research mm-hmm. for this episode a million times. Um, yeah. So, you know. You're totally right. Because I, you know, when it was trending on Twitter, a lot of people I did just say, like, get better. Like, mm-hmm. just get good. Get and good. I'm like, excuse. That's been the thing since Dark Souls 1. That is the sentiment wow. of the community. And so, like, any critique... Yeah. From an outside player, even just a voicing an opinion um, mm-hmm. sort of comes with that. You could read it in the comments. I watched a video about accessibility in Dark Souls. And, um, you know, there's a few sentiments I don't like. And some of those sentiments are um, a lot of people saying that if you can't play the game, then the game is not for you. So leave it. Mm. So yeah. this, like, this is an experience that's not made for you because you can't do it. So go watch someone play it or don't even try why are they so like mean about it? Like, why um, can't they just be like, well, I don't care. Continue. I just, I feel like. It's yeah. And I think it's the, I think people <laughs> like feeling um, accomplished and superior to other people and having done something that others can't. You see that yeah. across many games. For example, I play a lot of Valorant. If anyone's like, let's say you're a silver and the other one's gold. They're like, oh, you're silver or whatever. I mean, even though it's like one rank up, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you, people like feeling superior within a community mm-hmm. of games because of what they have accomplished. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think this uh, Elden Ring community is no exception. Um, mm-hmm. They want to have those experiences, share them with the people who have had them. But if you have it and if you complain about it, then it's not for you. You either need to get good or move on. Yeah. Um, so, wow. yeah, on Twitter, um, it, this game is freaking, freaking huge. Mm-hmm. Um and like we mentioned before, Elden Ring is one of the most accessible Souls games that has been made so far, which is a mm-hmm. big reason why I decided to play it and start streaming it. And mm-hmm. I have really, really enjoyed it. I do have to say, mm-hmm. like I mentioned, I get to take my time. I get to level up, sort of grind my character out a little bit, explore and have fun. I'm in no rush to do anything. You have been taking your time because I see how many hours you have <laughs> in and you have absolutely no progress. So <laughs> Yeah, I've made actually zero. Actually, I've done a few small, small things, but I haven't gone like to the first boss I'm just exploring and there's so much to explore. And mm-hmm. because it's not easy, exploring sections mm-hmm. takes a little bit of time, um, yeah. even with simple enemies. But you do feel accomplished doing that. Yeah. But, um, and honestly, you should just enjoy how you game. Like, I mean, the whole purpose of us even talking about like on the podcast is do you enjoy what you do? And if yeah. you enjoy what you do, then I don't see an issue with kind of doing that. So yeah. um, so this is sort of like the take tale that everyone mm-hmm. is saying, like I mentioned before. And what people are saying is that if you can't, mainly because a lot of people... This game, Elden Ring, is so accessible. Like I said, mm-hmm. so most accessible games are far. But a lot of people, are, since they're new to it, coming in like for the first time, like I am actually playing it fully, mm-hmm. uh, they're sort of realizing the difficulty and um, sort of expressing the need or the voice or their desire for an easy mode. Of, mm-hmm. that's, our, that's our podcast. Oh, there here. we go. Listen <laughs> to the podcast. <laughs> uh, they're expressing their desire for an easy option because they do enjoy the game, and, but they just want to see mm-hmm. more of it without. Maybe you don't have the time to grind it out. Maybe you don't have the time to really put in the hours or learn the mechanics for one boss. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, you know, someone I saw a tweet that was like, "Oh, it took me five hours to beat this boss because I had a, it took them so long to learn the mechanics." It was just them doing that over and over. A lot of people don't yeah. have the time, so people are voicing their mm-hmm. desire for an easy mode. Um, but then, like I said, a lot of toxicity. Here are some of the responses people are saying to okay. um, a lot of the new players' desire for an easy mode. People say it's disrespectful to the art form and mechanics of the developers. So, like we said, uh, from software prides itself in that. So, to imply that they should or wanting to add an easy mode is disrespectful to all the work that's been done. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel iffy on that. Like I said, from software is never going to change. They're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't see the harm in people expressing that opinion. Yeah, and also, even though they said that it is, like, part of their whole mission and vision, like, they said that. They never said that it was disrespectful. I feel like this, when people speak on behalf of somebody else, I take that with a little bit of a grain of salt because, yes. you know, they might not see it as disrespectful. They, they Well, they probably won't agree, but they're not. I don't think they're going to see it as disrespectful. I think they would see it as like, okay, well, thank you for that feedback that we will not implement. Like, that's how I would have seen that if yeah. I was on there. I agree. I would say let From Software speak on it mm-hmm. um, because they might be conflicted on it. They may not. I mean, we're, they're clear on how they stand, so they don't need to say anything yeah. else. Um, exactly. And you don't need to speak for them because they've mm-hmm. said what they said and they're not going to say anything further. So let them do mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what the most ironic thing to me, Dale, is about people who share that opinion is that what? those people who are like, oh, you got to get good. You got to whatever. The amount of people who share like, oh, here's how you find this S tier weapon at the very beginning of the game. Or here's how you build to optimize your character the most maximum way possible. Here's mm-hmm. how you whatever. Like, here's where you find this amazing item that you need and will make it all easier. I'm like. If you're not doing these things by yourself and you're going to go find a YouTube tutorial on how to do it, you're doing an easy mode version of the game because Mm -hmm. you didn't do this. You didn't search for those items. You're just optimizing yourself at the beginning and working your way through the bosses. You did this. You're doing the easy mode version because you did not put in the work. You're getting you're getting the help. Exactly. You did not get good because you saw someone's (laughs) tutorial online. You're doing the same thing other people are doing like are asking for in a roundabout way. Yeah. It's it's so silly to me. That's really cool that you said that because you're right. Get good, but also I'm going to look up this hack. Yeah. Get good, but also, what? You didn't do that? I or they pretend to know, but they actually, like, looked up how to do it. Like, come on, please be nice to people. Why can't we be nice? (laughs) Yes, well, everyone's like, oh, here's how the best place to spawn, uh, to farm uh, the runes, which is, like, you're leveling up currency and you're purchasing Mm -hmm, currency. mm -hmm, Like, here's the best mm -hmm. places to farm it. If you're farming it and everyone's sharing how to farm it, you're not putting the in the work to level up. You're finding an area that is uh, you're allowing to like abuse the system and like mm-hmm. get like a lot of benefits for easy payoff. Like you're you're doing the easy mode version of the game. Hate to break it to you. And then, <laughs> no, you love breaking it to them. You love telling. Them I'm gonna tell you what's truth. going on. You're you're the person you hated all along. I'm just Look kidding. in the mirror. Yes, and then um. And then finally, like, a lot of these people, I've seen a few people, like, be like, oh, I don't pay attention to the lore. I'm just trying to power through. I just power through the game. I'm like, then you're being just as disrespectful to the people who wrote the game. Yeah. How is and put that in the not... work. Like, the, mm-hmm. that's just an equi- important part of the game. If not, you know, they're all important parts of the things that come and make one game a whole, a enriching, mm-hmm. amazing journey. And you're not paying any attention to the lore. Yeah. Like, you're being disrespectful as well. Well, air quotations to all the listeners. There was air quotations. I'm over that. very passionate about this. I've spent a lot of time reading people's takes on Twitter, and I just find them very frustrating. I actually really like that you have put in so much like thought, and also not only even talking about what you've seen, but how you interpret that, or how like how you feel about it. Because again, like I've never played any of this, but I have seen like some backlash on Twitter, and like just researching about the company and such. Uh, you know, they did say that their games are not for everyone, mm-hmm. and uh, that's really interesting to me. Because when I think of like should games be like for everybody, yeah, I think everyone should be able to enjoy something. So I don't like these whole gatekeepers. You know what? Let me open. Let me open my own gate. Stop. Stop standing there. You're not a guard. Okay. Yeah. It's 2022. I've said that so many times, like today in this episode, but like, let's think about it. 
Well, and this is why I'm so passionate about it too. And I think this is what really gets me going about this. Like Valorant and Elden Ring. So Valorant, for example, is a game where a lot of people who didn't play FPSs, uh, a lot of like queer people, women, a lot of people, Mm -hmm. that game sort of was an open door for them to join and start learning how to play them and doing them. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they become a presence of the community where it's, Unfortunately, they targeted a lot of hate, but they're also making taking their own space. Um, and Valorant is supportive of that, especially with everything they do with women's esports. But like a lot of new players have come into a genre and taking the space and taking that for themselves and establishing themselves in that community. Um, yeah. That is always difficult at first, um, and there's going to be a lot of work to be done within that community. But it's going to have to get there because these people love the game. I love the game. Yep. As terrible as mm-hmm. it is sometimes, I do love it, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's what's happening with Elden Ring. And the funny part is from software, it's like, oh, we don't make games that, are, that aren't for everyone. I'm like, then why is Elden Ring more accessible than all your other games before mm-hmm. it? Like, why is it easier besides the bosses? You know what I mean? Why are you reducing stress if this is your mission? Yeah. I, mean, I don't Obviously, to sell games. But also, like, I'm pushing... I personally try to push as many people as I can to play Elden Ring because I want them to like sort of share and experience the joy that is Souls games. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I don't want that just to be for certain people. I want it to be for as many people as possible. Um, Like my friends, I want them to have amazing experiences with this game. So like, I'm like, listen, it is the easiest one. So this is the time to learn. It is still at times not easy, but you have freedom to do whatever you want. So if you are a player who could just enjoy exploring and having a, like a fun time, even though there's difficult spots, Come for, come for this one. This is the one for you. Also, if no one else is playing, then you're just like by yourself looking at online forums. So uh, yeah. let's uh, let's have Henry in our And thoughts. it does have co-op. So like play with your friends. <laughs> it's, yeah, play with your friends. Um, now, Dale, Elden Ring does. Uh, this is a fact. This is a non-arguable point of this section of the podcast is that Elden mm-hmm. Ring lacks an extreme amount, in my opinion, of accessibility options. Mm-hmm. Um, so this isn't about getting good. This is about. How am I going to get good if I don't have colorblind mode? Um, They don't have the options to adjust font size. Um, They don't have enough varying lighting gamma adjustments. Um, And there's a few other options that they're missing regarding accessibility. Um, I believe his last name was Sayer. I don't remember the name. But if you look it up on Twitter or look up Elden Ring and accessibility on YouTube, someone made an hour-long video about that where they try to separate difficulty and accessibility. And I believe colorblind settings... um, Font size settings; those things are very, very. I feel like that should be mandatory for every game because you know I have some friends who are colorblind and they can't play games with me because it's like they just can't like certain things like prevent them from like progressing. But why is this still in it? Like, how can you say the game is more accessible and then forget like these main things? Like, I feel like this should be a basis. Yeah, for this is, stuff. You know, this one is a fact for me where I think they yeah. do need to act this add these things because it doesn't change it doesn't change doesn't difficulty. Change for this isn't about no. difficulty. They're not making the game easier. They literally, like, you either can't see. Like, it's not playable. That's yeah. different than, like, I can't beat it. It's just not playable. Playable. No, no, yeah. I totally get that. Wow. That, hmm. Yeah. I didn't know. This was a very interesting section. I know. I there's know a, about a lot of those things. <laughs> we're, I think this is a very different episode to us was we're diving yeah. into a very live topic. These conversations are still ongoing. They're very fresh yes. and new. And this game is very new. So, it's going to be exciting to see how things go. But I do love the game. I encourage everyone to try it because I don't think just a certain type of gamer should get to play it and enjoy it and own that for themselves. I think we all should. And if we just sort of reframe or ask, I had to reframe my mindset on Souls games. I was like, mm-hmm. this isn't just hard. I was like, it's actually, it's easy. 
So I just try to reframe it. I'm like, I can learn. There's no reason why this is inaccessible for yeah, me. Yeah, there's no race. There's no race to do all of this stuff. Yeah, I, if I can do it, anyone else can do it. Like that. That's my like main takeaway for people. I'm not that great yeah. of a gamer, but I'm having a blast, and I think everyone should get okay. too. It's it's very fun. Yeah, and we, what is kind of cool about this is because it's still so new and super like trending and popular. When this episode comes out, you guys can let us know how you think, how you feel, because you, you probably have experienced it. I mean, I haven't yet, but I'd love to hear some, like, real-time reactions. Do you, did you agree with us? Do you think we might be wrong on some things? I mean, it's it's good to have open discussions yeah. as long as you do not gatekeep. I will not see you standing yeah. at my gate. <laughs> yeah, that's what, get in there and take this game for yourself. It doesn't just, yeah. just belong to certain people, it belongs to everyone. Exactly. Yeah, um, I, I think I should try it. I might actually buy it. I actually it. think you wouldn't be like, I think you would be good at it and it would be very entertaining. And here's the thing. <laughs> if you never beat a boss, who cares? You're playing the game. But here's the thing. I think you right. will eventually, everyone eventually gets to do it because you eventually learn. Everyone learns. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a blast. Otherwise, the game's freaking nuts. It's freaking nuts. That's all I can say. It's it's a wild, silly, stupid time. <laughs> Ultimately, Elden Ringdale is a great example of an amazing game that can cause a lot of excitement, drama, conversation in the gaming community. And I think most importantly, it highlights voices of gamers of every kind. And that is what this podcast is all about. That's why we do it. To get our voices in there. Not even our voices, but like the voices of people who may not even be heard. You know, like we did talk about some perspectives. Yeah. And you, you talked about some tweets, you know, and concerns that maybe people didn't even think about. So I love that. I love me you too. too. And this was a fun episode. If anything, it's shown me that like, you're right. I think I would really <laughs> like it because I loved Hollow Knight and I loved God of War. And if that kind of similar mechanic of like kind of, you know, working through it and getting over it. I think I'd actually enjoy that. I might go a little bit insane. Like, you know, the whole thing about, you know, we made the game to reduce stress, but we didn't reduce the uh, the difficulty of the bosses. That's going to cause me a little bit more stress. But yeah. other than that, I think I'll try it out. Can yeah, I I'll tell you, to give you an update. that this game mm-hmm. is less stressful to me than Stardew Valley? Oh, well, and that's I know that you and I are insane because we are insane. So you may like it, but I do. I was like, oh, I'm going to relax and play Dark Souls. So like, I'm just wandering a field, like backstabbing these ugly guys and like, and I'm no rush. I'm, and I'm like, oh, what can yeah, I buy from this no man? Time. There's no clock that's like, you know, going down. You no. don't have to optimize. You don't have to do anything. No. I find To anyone who's listening right now, if you're about to tell us that Stardew Valley can be relaxing, I don't want to hear it because no. you and I are not the same person. I don't you, know that You person. can just take your time. I don't know what that is. I don't know what taking my time is, okay? <laughs> um, but thanks for everyone for joining us this week for a very fun episode. I loved it. I've loved spending time with you talking about it, Dale. You're always so insightful, smart, beautiful. Hair oh, looks I have so great. much love for you. Your eyes your are hair so looks blue. Great. Your eyeliner is so good. And when I look into your eye, I'm just kidding. Um, thanks I for everyone. Maybe out. find a new uh, co-host after that. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should call HR. Um, <laughs> we are HR. Oh no! What a disaster. Um, um, we'll be back next week with another episode. But thanks for hanging out, everyone. We appreciate your time. We love you. Love you so Bye. much. Bye.